This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello. all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. And welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rehab Podcast. We're here today to talk about season 10, episode 7. Things are heating up, and I'm very excited to talk about it with you all. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Pia Zanvikili, back once more. And with me, back once more, is the incredible guest who was nice enough to give me her time for a second time in two weeks. It is the great Sasha Joseph. Sasha, how are you doing? I'm you know, I, I'm here. We talked about this, you know, before <laughs> we started recording, but y'all, I'm in hell. Sports suck. You know, if you're an India World Cup fan, we, we took a major L. So I'm just I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be talking about these dummies instead of my dummies. Yeah, there's a lot of dummies out there, but we're back to talk about this group once more. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad because I feel like some of the stuff that we got cliffhangered on last week, we get to now both talk about together again, yeah. which I feel like will be a good time. Mm, no, I'm I'm excited, especially for... Listen, let's get to the strip club. That's all I'm waiting for. Yeah, I feel like you might have to come next week to talk about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe we talk offline and see if that's what we're doing. Three feet, three feet. We're going (laughs) to literally give you hate comments because of me. Well, no spoilers, but your mess magnet's counterpart is going to be on next. Oh, that's so funny. Perfect. She (laughs) will have the same thoughts. We share a brain, so it's fine. Well, let's dive back into these uh, couples, shall we? Kicking off with Clayton and Anali, who we've now seen our Annalie, who we've now seen two episodes of. And this episode, we didn't see the closet. We didn't see the pets. But what we did see was a very, I want to, I'm going to go ahead and say sexually frustrated Clayton, who is not feeling good about the lack of intimacy that they're sharing. Because obviously what we last saw was they were going to bed and an Annalie put a stuffed animal in between them because she wanted to sleep and made Clayton move to the other side of the bed. Clayton was not living for this. And now he's woken up and he's trying to get a hug. He's trying to get a kiss. And she's like, no. And I was like, you can't be concerned about this. She's been in the States for 12 hours. Relax. Again, are we forgetting Harry Potter is in this house? Like someone is literally living in a closet. Yeah, well, that's the thing. She literally has a confessional where she says, yeah, I feel like the walls here are pretty thin and I don't want his mom to hear anything. And I thought she's respecting your mom. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And they very much can hear you. Right. Like I I have so many questions and I know I will get to it. So it's fine. But we already talked about it. There is no way we would be doing anything uh, with, you know, mom that close. And now he's like mad about it. I just I I don't understand what planet this man is on. Uh, I don't either. And I would love to know because I don't know what his issue is. However, he is now going to be taking her out for a surprise. And, you know, they live in Kentucky. And he said there's nothing more classic Kentucky than horses. So he's going to take her horseback riding. And, you know, he's very much like, I'm going to be great on these horses. I'm going to beat you in horse. Ride. I'm going to be the best horse rider that ever was. But the dude hasn't ridden a horse in 15 years. So. <laughs> is this just blind ego speaking? 
because I feel like this is not a situation where you're just going to be very good at this when you've not done it in 15 years. Yeah, I do think that they are very jovial with each other, right? Like they mm-hmm. they take a little bit of shot here and there. Like it's cute. I, I'm not mad at it, but bless his heart because this is the most like off brand freaking horses ever. Freaking like Kentucky. Like you think I'm in Kentucky. That must mean that these are going to be like he says, right? Thoroughbred horses. Nah, this whole situation. Embarrassing. Hmm. Yeah, he, he was like, my horse seemed sleepy, wasn't working for him. And my favorite part was Annalie saying, you thought you were macho on that horse? He's like, what do you think? She said, I have no comment to make. I'm not speaking on this. <laughs> Honestly, a real one. That that's how you should be. My problem is I would have probably said something mean. <laughs> well, the the funny thing is on we'll skip forward to the next time on. He's clearly booked an entire hotel so that they can have sex. And he's he's, you know, lounging on the bed trying to be seductive. And she has a confessional <laughs> where she says, you know, I think he thought he was spread out like a model, but he was kind of like a like what was it, a cow? Yes, she <laughs> called him a cow. <laughs> So I'm glad you didn't tell him that uh, right then and there, because I don't think that would have gotten the mood going. Clayton would have been our next Igor. He would have been like, you don't do it for my mind. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. I want to talk about Clayton's uh, sister here, because the next thing we see is, first of all, Clayton is talking about how, hey, so now now that you're here, can we start posting on social media? Can I can I put can you know you put a photo of us? Classic Shikana and Sarper type situation. And she says, No, my dad doesn't know you exist, man. <laughs> like, and he's like, Well, when are you gonna tell your family? She's like, I don't know. If you pressure me, I'm not gonna do it. Don't rush me. And I understood when she explained the fact that how am I gonna explain to my parents that yeah, this guy I met four days ago proposed to me and I said yes, and now I'm going to the States. And also, he is not from within our culture. I feel like she panicked in that moment and said, this is too early to say something, but now hasn't said something for so long that it would be weird to randomly bring it up. And clearly her plan is she's going to, she's in the States, they know this, and she's going to play it out like, yeah, I got a job, and oh, I met someone here, his name is Clayton, which, you know, I feel like you've, the, the train has left the station, and at this point it's already too late. But I fully understand why she didn't say anything out the gate. I really do. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree. I think this whole situation is confusion. And I was like, is it drugs? Are we all high? Like, what's going on? And then mom is just like in the back, hanging out, vibing, not saying nothing. And I have a question for everyone. But maybe you you know the answer. Why is mom not staying with Brandy? If Brandy has all these opinions. Oh, yeah. So talking about the sister. So, yeah, they yeah, go sorry. Yeah, yeah. They, they I move go to, forward. I'm <laughs> you, sk- you move. You jumped ahead. I'm I'm also ready to go in on this. So Brandy is no, you're good. Brandy is Clayton's sister. OK, yes. And this sister, he's uh, is very protective of Clayton. And, you know, we just spoke about how. Uh, Annalie has been hiding Clayton yes. from his her dad. Clayton has been hiding Annalie from his sister because apparently his sister is very protective and never really liked his exes or anything. So they're naturally going to meet up now at a bourbon tasting because, again, nothing is more Kentucky than horses and bourbon. I'm learning a lot about yep. Kentucky. My full and, and this is not a joke. My full knowledge of Kentucky is the colonel and Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's what I grew up on in the Middle East. So I'm learning quite a bit from Kentucky here, uh, Sasha. Now, yeah, me too. So they're having bourbon. They're chilling. It's 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 mom. It's Clayton, Annalie, and Brandy, the sister who's also here. This is the coldest relative I have seen on the show in quite some time. She literally came in looking for smoke, looking for beef, and she is- had the smoke already. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like she, she basically started grilling uh, Annalie about, hey, yeah. so why, uh, you know, I don't know anything about your your girl, your fiance. 
And Clint's like, well, that's because you've been pretty protective in the past or whatever. And then she also asks, well, why? I didn't see much of you on her socials. Why is that? And she says, you know, long story short, it's about my dad. And then Brandy asks, and I know y'all know this is coming. Brandy said, how do I know she's not here for a green card? Ma'am, have you seen your brother's house? That's how maybe you know. that's why because it's he everything about him is so shambles that it or must like, <laughs> is this like Gino's family like why would she be yeah. with him yep something's yep. there's got to be an ulterior motive because you are balding and ugly so what's going on mom lives in a closet I'm sorry I know I'm sorry that I keep bringing it up I just I'm not over it and I don't know Say that it I again. ever will be I can't it's just <laughs> none of it makes sense and. And then when they're talking about Brandy, there is a big age gap, right? That's from the picture they showed us. It seemed like Brandy is older or I would say older. I think older than I I would say older than five, six years. Yeah, that's what it feels like. So I'm also wondering if like we don't know that I don't remember at least hearing a lot about their whole family story. Uh, And please correct me if I'm wrong, but. I'm wondering if there was some like raising that Brandy maybe had to do of her sibling. And, you know, that's why she's like this, because I feel like when there's a huge age gap like this, this happens where the older sibling is like the parent, basically. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, for me personally, like my I'm three years older than my sister, so we didn't Mm -hmm. really have that. Um, the, but I feel like when you have a sibling that's significantly older or at least like beyond six, seven years older, yeah. I feel like there's definitely a part of it where you're very protective over them. And also when clearly based on what she's saying, Clayton's history with exes has not been good because they've walked all over him. His previous ex cheated on him. So I feel like she's extra protective. Um, and yeah. you know, naturally you are meeting someone who you haven't met or didn't see much of because Clayton's not sharing that information. And also mm-hmm. when you go on their socials and they're not talking about this person, they're, it's like, oh, are they a side piece? Is there more? Is there a whole family involved? Are you here for the green card? Like, I understand those questions being in the back of her head for sure, given how protective she is. But yes. to bring these up on the first meeting when you're clearly not even interested in getting to know her is a wild concept to me. Like, she's right here. You can be like, so how did you meet? How was this? is my brother funny is he nice how did he like you know get involved a little bit and let her talk about your brother and analyze through that if her energy is right or wrong because i feel like you can tell a lot about a relationship Mm -hmm. based on how one person talks about their person their couple uh you can really tell how into it they are or how much passion there is and i feel like she would have brought some passion but she had no chance because from the minute she sat down it was an interrogation so and then, like, the language barrier piece is very confusing, mm-hmm. um, which, again, I, I appreciate, Brandy, like, for pointing it out. But then if you're pointing it out, I think there's a way to be like, sorry to talk over you, but mom, can you, like, can we switch seats so that we can actually have a conversation? Because mm-hmm. to me, I think the coldness and the distance was so detrimental. And it felt like, again, Clayton's, um, his translation was like you know uh stopping the blow on both sides and i think that almost causes like more frustration because uh brandy's probably like well why am i not getting like a real answer because i was trying to read the translation and what he was saying and sometimes it felt like not a hundred percent lined up so again i don't speak spanish so maybe i'm wrong but it just felt like clayton was doing the what like stage uh tj does on 90 day the other way where he they, they'd be like given half info yeah uh, and you know goes without saying through covering the show for three years mm-hmm. at least once an episode i feel like i say communication is easily the biggest issue in every 90 day couple and with them it's still very clearly that um I did love his response to how do I know she's not here for a green card saying, I can't imagine her faking this for two and a half years. And she's like, I can't. I was like, well, you don't, you even know her. So that, you cannot. Yes. yes, that was exactly my um, answer to that. Where I was like, you don't know her. That's the problem. I feel like anyone who says that has not been in a long distance relationship and it shows mm-hmm. because let me tell you, it is way harder 
to maintain a relationship long distance than it is in person because you are essentially constantly checking in and keeping in touch and trying to make gestures of both goodwill and romance from miles away. You can't just like, you know, for the equivalent of a hug that, you know, how much energy you can you can give it through a hug to a person. You are sending messages, three, four hour phone calls trying to send a care pack like there's so much more that has to be done in in the middle of that and obviously there's people who get catfished like um was it tyree from yeah. last season mm-hmm. of 90 yeah there's people obviously that can get scammed and have been scammed but if it's an authentic relationship where you've met the person in person at that point i feel comfortable in saying that yeah no they are not faking this for two and a half years only to come to Kentucky to ride horses and have bourbon. Like that is not <laughs> that is not what's going on here. And like literally live with Harry Potter. Like I I bet you money that that is not what's happening. Like be so for real. But of course, I think xenophobia is a big part of this show. Naturally. So all of this like it checks out. It, yeah. I think is the most unfortunate way to say it. So she basically then um gets up and says yeah fine get married whatever and then walks away she's like over this completely and uh yeah so brandy not too big a fan of annalee and annalee very much clocks that immediately Mm -hmm. i mean it's hard not to you don't need to speak the same language to know what someone being cold and getting up and storming out of a room will say so one thousand percent it's just Oh, you just you have to breathe. But I'm I'm gonna need Brandy to like be less mom and be more sister. And I need mom to be more mom <laughs> and <laughs> less roommate. Like, um, <laughs> give me the tea on what's going on here. You know what I mean? Like what what is the living situation? Why is mom not staying on her own or with another sibling now that someone new has showed up? Only for a few days, hell. To be like, hey, mom will be back. But like, I thought, you know, like you said, right? Why didn't they, why didn't he get her a hotel? Maybe mom could have gone to Brandy's house for a little bit. Yeah. Why can't mom stay with Brandy for a week? I feel like that'd be fun. Y'all can have fun, but I I don't know. Mom knows Brandy crazy. (laughs) Mom's like, I'm better off in this closet than to be with Brandy. I'll deal with sex noises. I'll be okay. Yeah, I'll just throw a radio on. I have headphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Well, speaking of people that should be storming off and storming out, so I should take a deep breath because we're about to dive into Sophie and Rob here, who they have not been in the same place since Sophie found out that Rob has been online cheating. And she ended up getting her own place. She rented out a place to uh, to stay in and she took her stuff and left Rob. But it's not been that long because when she was like, I haven't spoken to Rob since I thought it's been a minute since yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, that is so not a lot of time. And Rob texted her saying, I miss you. And she invited him over to talk, Sasha. So they're going to meet up now at Sophie's new place, which, by the way, just going to put this out there. The fact that he walks into Sophie's and says, this is a nice place. Again, no kidding. This is what she expected. Or at least, again, it's literally normal. Yeah, she just wants a bathroom, fam. She doesn't want a glitzy mansion, just a bathroom. And you're making it seem like that's a big ask. No, I'm Rob, you dirty, dirty dog, a jobless, shameless, spineless man. And I can't believe Sophie's still having to deal with this. Horrible. Yeah, I just feel like Rob at this point, basically what we see is Rob trying to get her back and he's trying to figure out how to help her understand him. And he says, you know, he puts on his like sad, but how was your night without me? Wasn't good. Wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I want to explain like to me, this is it's BS. This is like junk mail. It didn't matter to me. And she's like, well, I told you I would leave you if you did this again. And you did. so." How am I supposed to get past that when we'd already talked about it? <laughs> Can you imagine someone being like, yeah, I cheated, but. It's like, yeah, I got nudes and I definitely used them and reciprocated, for- but it's like junk mail. <laughs> yeah, junk mail. That's the problem. That is junk mail. Don't mail do for it. the junk. Yeah. 
or junk in the mail. Also, here's my thing. Okay. Yes, please. The fact that he didn't delete these means that he's been holding on to them. And the fact that he's holding on to them means that it is not junk. Because if it was junk, he would have deleted them Mm -hmm. and moved on. You know what I mean? And blocked the number, right? Like done something. The fact that they were still there meant that he would either revisit the convo or revisit the footage or whatever, which again is why she is in a state right now having looked at this because she says she's like, I don't think you're cheating on me in real life, but this is bad because I literally told you I will leave you if you do this. And that was my big issue was. Yeah, this is not that big a deal if she says it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal if she had already seen it and said, okay, but don't do this again. And you agreed to it. Mm-hmm. So, 1000%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, I can't help but laugh because he, everything he's saying is literal garbage, right? <laughs> like, e- yeah. every word out of his mouth is nonsense. He does not care about what he's saying to her. He's, just getting her on technicalities like that's it and he's just like uh, you know long distance is hard um but the person i've been um with since you touched down is a hundred one thousand percent million percent committed uh, what do you mean it's like touched down does it mean out of sight out of mind homeless jobless loser and i'm tired of him and i can't believe sophie you're putting up with this stand up girl stand up yeah i feel like to me i feel like she literally says so he apologizes and she says okay and she's like i'm saying okay because i have nowhere else to go like i don't know again i feel like sophie's in a very hard spot because Mm -hmm. this is clearly a big enough deal that if she had infinite time she would take her time, think about it, process, give it a couple months. They don't have a couple months. And if she leaves, she has to restart the entire thing. So she's like, I'm going to say, okay, because all I have right now, they agree to go back to his. And my entire thought was, well, how long have you rented this place for? Is it one night? Is it an Airbnb? Is it like two nights? Or did you rent it for a month? Because if you have, just stay here. Yeah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. It's just. I want her to like have peace. But the thing is, this is my uh, like obviously fan fiction. But if she stays by herself and he's somewhere else, he's going to do dirt again. This man can't be trusted. Philandering, you know, nonsense charlatan. He can't be trusted. Uh uh-uh. uh. So. I think that she she's right because she talks about right how she's gonna um, feel like constantly looking over his phone, blah blah blah. Correct, you are, ma'am, because he's a dog and he can't be. Tra- I don't know. The thing is, like, I just feel like you gotta leave him alone. And normal people, Puya, you're correct that they should stay by themselves, take some time apart. But he will take it as a reason to be like. You know, I needed a bathroom. So that's why I fell into this girl's vagina. Like that's his like going to be his reality. Yeah. Well, I feel like now that um, now that she has talked to her mom and been very vocal about how she feels and mom has said all the truths. I don't know how this is going to. I don't think mom's ever going to approve of Rob moving forward. So if I'm making a prediction, a bold one, I don't think these two are going to last whether or not they're fine for right now. I don't mm-hmm. think they're making it out of the season. I pray because there is a uh, um the the future right like to next week's episode the preview mm-hmm. it's a mom gave a very specific percentage that I did not write down because I was laughing so much but I think she's at thirty seven point five percent like that's all he's given in this relationship yeah and I did Generous. love that the next time on we do see uh Sophie to be like can I just see your phone I feel like I need to see it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, she's not wrong. They're gonna, they're gonna stay on, on the phone checking until she's fully over it because it's gonna be a minute before she fully is. Yeah, and I believe she is tracking his phone. She did say that to mom in <laughs> in in the next time on. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. Yeah, so I can't wait. I hope that he isn't supposed to be where he. Is. Yeah. Also, Rob, you are a weak man for trying to blame Sophie for the sexting, for the inappropriate yeah. stuff by being like, 
you know, if, if you were here, it wouldn't be a problem, but we're long distance. I was like, I don't care. You could have literally asked for this from Sophie if you were so inclined. Or, or and here's an idea, uh, you don't have to interact with people to, to, you know, satisfy yourself. You can watch movies, videos, and other stuff. You don't need to be talking to other people for it, which you clearly did. <laughs> I don't understand. Like he's such a piece of shit. Like <laughs> I I can't believe people like this exist. Like this kind of level of toxic is even shocking for me, you know? Cuz it just it's borderline borderline oh my god, abusive and I I can't believe this girl isn't just like smacking him and leaving. Yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, but we'll mm-hmm. see. <laughs> we'll yeah, see I just hope goes. it doesn't, it, like, it, it's over, you know, by the end of this. I, I have no idea, y'all. I'm not spoiling anything. This is just my prayer. Yeah, like I said, I also hope they don't make it out of the season, but we'll see until that happens. We're still going to be talking about them on a weekly basis. Now, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about Ashley and Manuel. Stay with us. All right. So we go back to couples therapy here, Sasha, to talk about Ashley and Manuel, who are still there. And basically to sum it up, to be quick with it, Manuel keeps saying everything will figure itself out in due time. And I am a private person. He is not giving anything at this therapy session. Absolutely zero. No, negative on account that he has a little <laughs> smirk that he got on. Oh, can you imagine some you like, you know, giving your heart out to someone and they're just like smirking at you? Oh, my God. Violence. Jail time would be for me. Listen, my thing with Manuel has been that, OK, maybe he's a little misunderstood. Maybe this is all like I need I need privacy for like porn purposes. But the more and more he speaks, the more and more I am not liking him. And in this episode, it really tipped over for me because Ashley does raise some points. She says, you know, I haven't met his children yet. I feel like the woman on the side because there's all these things about his family that I don't know about. And he doesn't share with me. And Manuel keeps saying, so my kids are 12 and 14 and I feel like she won't be able to understand the kids and she may lose her patience or something. And this is very frustrating to me Um, as someone who has sometimes been painted as, Oh, they're going to be mad for no reason. Therefore I will not tell them that makes me more upset than anything you could tell me to my face, anything you could be honest with me about. So I feel like the fact that he's trying to pre-paint it as Ashley's going to lose her patience with my children. So I am not going to have them introduced is a wild theory and leg to stand on for me. No, just nonsense. Like everything he's saying is nonsense. And the problem is you, me, maybe I won't drag you down with me yet, but all the time we're, you know, talking about xenophobia, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not from Manuel. Manuel's in it for the money and the yeah. green card. I'm sorry. You cannot tell me otherwise. You just can't. Oh my God. No, I, I, if Manuel is very, again, pretty much, I think the sketchiest person so far. And it, it, in part, it's because he's not willing to open up about anything. And I'm like, well, why are you, why'd you sign up to be on the show? Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to say anything, uh, we do find out that. Uh, one of the other things Ashley's irritated by is his family is clearly a huge part of his life, but I'm not being introduced to them. I don't know them. I don't know what's going on. And he keeps avoiding talking because she, she might get mad. And he's like, well, for example, I need $250 um, to send to my family at the end of the month. And she's like, well, he needs me to give him $250, but he's not talking to me about it. So how am I supposed to know? And then, we're not having a discussion. So the way I see it is by him keeping everything under wraps, he's making things worse because it's like, I'm not saying anything, not saying anything. I need 250. You need 250. Why? See, I knew you were going to get mad about it. So I wasn't going to say anything. Well, no, she just doesn't know Manuel. She has no idea. You're blindsiding her with something that she doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. What is this for? Where is it going? Like, these are things that she needs to be privy to 
whether she agrees with the notion of give, sending money to your family or not, she needs to at least know that's something you want to do because it's not an easy conversation to have. This isn't a, I'm blindly going to give you the money and not ask what it's for kind of thing. Hey, ooh, the chutzpah, the, the gall, the gumption to just like sit there and ask him, ask her for money. Like that's his money. That ain't your money. You know what? That is not his money. But as I said that out loud, y'all, I just thought about it. I think that he might be maybe is acting as a sex worker because the T is they're getting mad. Right. She's like, can't see straight because she can't get it together. You know, they're arguing, blah, blah, blah. He says, lay down, girl, you know, puts it down and they're all good. So maybe he needs $300 for that because I don't know the the math ain't mathing for me because I don't know how he can just ask them for the money like that. I don't. Yeah, I, I just again, I feel like it is a bold ask when you're not willing to talk about it and then you bring it up. And if she asks a question, you're like, well, that's a problem. You don't care about me. Is it? Like, well, no, you're trying to <laughs> gaslight money out of her. She just wants a partner. She wants someone she can she's confiding in and wants to be confided in, you know, in return. And you're not doing that. And, you know, when they go to dinner after this, he makes fun of the therapy. He's like, you and your therapist, you're both clowns. I'm not going to go back there again. I have nothing to work on for me. The way I was raised, when you and your partner have a problem, you talk about it. And I was like, well, Manuel, that would be a great solution. If you talk to her, you're not talking like, she literally opened up the therapy session with, yeah, we have fights and then he'll pretend that don't exist and turn on the TV. And you admitted that you like doing that. So how is that talking? How is that finding a solution? I'm telling you, everything about this is a literal joke. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, at least Rob bought one measly rose. You know what I mean? Like, if what is this guy doing? He, every time there's a problem, it sounds like he's just whipping his dick out to be like, girl, what's the issue? Let's let's figure it out. And she's like, OK, great. We had good sex. We're good to go because I need them to tell the therapist they're using sex as a coping mechanism to get through this. They're not talking about that. And that poor therapist shambles every time Manuel talks. He's in hell. Yeah, she tried so hard. Shout out to the therapist who really tried hard to both empathize, understand, and work through everything with them. But it's so hard to do when one of the partners is not giving anything. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they fight at this restaurant enough that um, Manuel says, I'm just going to walk home. Like, okay, well, you're going to get lost. I don't know if uh, that's the right Holy. choice. Um, do we have them on the next time on or are we getting a bye week? Thankfully, no, we are not. Um, no, so we talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. We do see Manuel say that he's going to need $300 a month sent to his family. And Ashley, I guess, pushes back on this. And Manuel argues that we have $100 to spend here, but we don't have money to send to my family. That makes no sense. Again, Manuel, until you open up, I don't see why she should send anything because she doesn't. You're not opening her to meet your family you're not having her do anything and you want her to pay i don't think that's how this works dude no of course not and (laughs) rico Suave deserves the money all right because it's the vet bill and it's half the money that you're requiring and we don't know what your family be doing out there and i'm just I'm joking about that part. But the thing is, it's her money. She gets to spend it how she wants. And if this was, you know, something that you have to say, like, hey, um, I have to support my family. You know, once I leave, you know, I'm the only source of income, but I love you and I want to be with you. Fine. I think there's a way to have that conversation. But the entitlement and the being like, this is my money now or this is our money. Sit down. Many seats, please take them. They're right there for the taking. And he's like, and the fact that he wants a $300, Puya, but he'll be like, it's private. My family private, not you. Can't talk about it. Yeah, it's baffling to me when you agree to come on a show that's going to be broadcasted to thousands, if not millions of eyes. And you think that you can get away with not saying anything or not having your family 
like put on, not put on blast, but like mm-hmm. essentially exposed. Because there's only so much he cannot say anything before he loses out on this relationship, quite frankly. And the more he's being gated about it, the more suspect it's looking to not just, you know, me, but everybody else. Yeah. And I'm usually one of the ones that doesn't jump on the suspect train right out the gate. And I'm already getting there now. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just everything about this is sus and I'm tired of you. Manuel, last time I said y'all were my favorite couple because you're a mess, but this isn't fun. Mm-mm. I don't like it. Take it back. No, I don't agree. I agree with it. It is not fun either. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next couple then. And let's talk very quickly about Nick and Devin, who we saw one scene from. They were going to take photos in traditional costume. They were looking for specific handbox for the wedding. They found them, they took photos, and then he proposed to her, and it was cute, and it was nice, and I loved it. <laughs> the handbuck for prostitutes? Oh my god, yeah, he was like, "That's that one's for prostitutes. She's, she laughs like, no, 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 I'm serious. <laughs> like, <laughs> pick another one. <laughs> no, like, I could not, I, I meant to look it up, but I was like, so are Americans, or, sorry, I shouldn't just say Americans, but are, like, tourist is out here vibing with like sex worker you know hanbok yeah very quickly he was like no 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 not this one yeah you like cut it and i was really trying to be like what's the difference like at least let me know guy no don't care (laughs) she was just like move on girl Get, get your life together yeah i listen i think they're fun uh, as in fun, as in I'm happy they're happy. Yeah. They're not giving me a lot, but next week they're going to be in the state. So I'm excited to see how that side of things is going to look like. Mm-hmm. They seem so nervous. Like Nikki, I, I'm stressed because her like nervousness and um, Devin, why did I say mm-hmm. Nikki? I'm sorry. Um, Devin, like her nervousness, it, it, like gets me down. Does that make sense? Like, I am a ball of nerves just watching her. So I just hope that she's like a little bit more calm around her family. Yeah, and no, I think that's fair. I think that she obviously she's been in a very stressful situation where she's in a new country, meeting his parents for the first time, being told that, OK, we need their blessing. And also you need to follow all these things. She got a little overwhelmed, clearly. But I do think once she's back in home turf like mm-hmm. familiar faces familiar places i have to imagine she'll be fine and i don't think nick is gonna have that same level of stress or or you know anxiety over this he seems to be a little bit more confident maybe is the word i would use but i'm curious to see if that's truly going to be the case or not so we'll see oh i can't wait also y'all i did try to look up like the sex worker hand and i it's not I don't know where he got that from. So <laughs> if someone knows, like some Korean fan can just LMK, like what makes it that? Because um, my family might be going to Korea. So, you know, I just I want to make sure they're <laughs> not out It seemed like it was more revealing than the other yeah. handbooks. And the but... color as well. But I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but that's all we saw from them. And, you know, next week he's going to meet her parents. So that'll be fun for us to see and dip into in Memphis. So we'll see how that all plays mm-hmm. out. But this opens the door for us now to move on to another couple that are about to meet some parents and Nikki and Igor, a.k.a. Justin. So Igor has taken Nikki shopping for some more conservative wear for meeting the parents. And we get to see this scene play out. It's exactly what you expected, where. Nikki's like, I do not want to dress conservatively. I want to dress Mm -hmm. sexy conservative if I'm going to go that route. And meanwhile, Igor's like, ah, but me and my parents, like, I feel like we should cover a little bit more. And that's the thing with Igor I've noticed is that it's constant. He keeps bringing this makeup thing up, Sasha, constantly that he clearly envisions a world where Nikki becomes not conservative necessarily, but tones it down. And Nikki's the type of person who's not willing to do that at all. So naturally, when you're not outright saying it, but you're trying to nudge it, the other person's going to get irritated. One thousand <laughs> percent. Yeah. So he tells us that her his parents have accepted that Nikki is trans, but he doesn't know how they're going to feel in person because obviously 
accepting is one thing interacting is a whole other thing and this will be a big test for the family they end up landing on none of these outfits because nikki says i have something at home though i can i brought this conservative mm-hmm. that we can wear uh so ultimately that's gonna happen so that's good but what's not good is how much argument is going to happen in the car ride there because the whole story with them sasha since we've met them is nikki would like the relationship to be more intimate physically like it used to be and it's not been nowadays and justin aka igor is hesitant slash coming to terms with going back to being more physical and is a little bit more evasive physically which ignites the anxiety and insecurities of nikki which then calls for her to be upset and and vocalize that upsetness and complain Mm -hmm. about the lack of intimacy which then causes igor to then not be even more intimate so it's a vicious cycle they're in because i think they're both impacting each other to not get what the other wants and here's the thing this is what like really makes me laugh um i feel so bad for everyone involved in the situation right but it's like get off the train you know what I mean? It's it's the same conversation over and over and over again that like, oh, this person, you know, isn't doing this right. And um, he isn't doing this for me. He isn't doing that for me. Meanwhile, he's at least trying to be like, no, you're wild. Like, I can't keep up. And nothing about their conversation is where they're listening to each other. And I and I do feel for Nikki. I think Nikki just wants to be loved and love the way she is and love the way she wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. But you can't make someone be okay with your, your identity, right? Like, I don't know that he is okay with it. And, and I'm not, and I hope that it doesn't sound like I'm, you know, calling him transphobic or anything because I'm not. It's just, I think he needs to be okay with it and he isn't. Currently, and we gotta work through this. Yeah, I just, I, I, we, you know, we talked about this extensively last episode, but to me, it feels like he wants to be accepting and he wants to be completely open with her and reignite the relationship in every facet, intimacy included, but he's clearly still coming to terms with it himself. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that they're having this trip right now because he's still not there yet. And the fact that he's still not there yet is making Nikki feel insecure about herself, which I do not want for Nikki at all. And no one should Mm -hmm. ever feel insecure about themselves because of someone else. But the reality is when you're in a relationship, it's on the partner to reassure you. And she not only doesn't feel reassured in conversation, because she also, the reason they start fighting in the car is that he keeps bringing up the, yeah, you know, see, without makeup, you look great. And I feel like Nikki's like, well, why aren't you pumping me up when I dress the way I want to dress or apply makeup the way I want to apply makeup Mm -hmm. and then it goes into the sex talk as well where you know again Nikki gets frustrated and when she gets frustrated she is a lot more blunt where she's like I don't know if you just don't want to have sex with me or you're asexual and you're just not into anything anymore I don't know I was like this is a lot of energy and obviously like I said this is the vicious cycle where she does this and then he shrinks up and stops talking about it and doesn't want to do it more um, we kind of saw this with Gino and Jasmine a couple of seasons ago, where every time Jasmine tried to push like sex, 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 Gino was pushing away from sex, 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 sex more. So it's not going to work that way. I just wish that he had come to terms with it or understood where he stood a little mm-hmm. bit sooner or at the very least vocalizes it because he's clearly too scared to say it. And I feel like it could be in chance because he he doesn't want her to feel like okay it's the end this is over or he doesn't want to be seen a certain type of way on tv like you know people could be like oh well he's transphobic or or whatever the case may be but i think if he was honest i think nikki would appreciate that and i feel like by him not doing that it's making nikki feel very self-conscious in her head yes. it's making nikki feel very insecure and that it's making nikki react this way which is bad for both of them yeah exactly and i just feel like they're just not listening to each other Mm-hmm. Like either way. And because I don't want to put it a hundred percent on Nikki either, because I think that's something no. I feel like the edit is almost giving us that. But it feels like he is not just validating. I mean, like, no, I'm attracted to you. I just this is a lot. 
And I don't know that she can say that because all he's calling a wild animal over and over again. Like multiple scenes is him like just like dogging her a little bit. Well, that's the thing is that he clearly is essentially saying that Nikki is a bit of a horn dog and, mm-hmm. and you know, is a horny person, which turns out he didn't learn that on the language learning app that he's been on for many, many a days. Um but that's what he's trying to say. But then he says it like you're like a wild animal. And then that doesn't sound good at all. That doesn't sound like what you want it to sound like. Mm-hmm. But we get it because we have the added context. Um, it's just ultimately a tough spot for both of them to be in. Because also in the car, when she says, I would like to eject, I would like to eject. He opens the sunroof and he's like, <laughs> uh, oh, no, where's the eject button? Ha ha. And then like closes the sunroom. And she's like, Wow, so all you can do is talk in jokes. And he's like, here only with jokes you can survive. And I thought that is intense. That is an intense mm-hmm. thing to say. And they're on this is literally on the way to meet his parents. And she essentially says, I'm gonna be nice to your parents, I'm gonna be good, and then I'm gonna leave. Um, and I do think in the car, I did uh resonate with Igor a little bit when Igor says, you know, I'm changing my whole life for you, my friends, my country, I'm giving you a lot. I think again. The way he said it can come off like he's saying you're not giving enough or I'm giving more. But I think what he's trying to say is that it's been tough for him to get his get, you know, wrap his friends heads around his relationship, make his family understand what's going on and that he really does care, which is why, again, I think both of us are on the same page, Sasha, where Mm -hmm. we think he cares. We think he cares and we don't think he's transphobic. We just don't know if he's fully wrapped his head around dating someone who is trans and more specifically being intimate with someone who is trans um all the way because you know like nikki said last week it sounds like they did have sex but the reciprocation on third base has not been there so whereas it used to be right so which could clearly indicate there's still a little bit of a mental barrier placed there by by igor that he's not overcome yeah, 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 hundred percent. And I, again, just a conversation would help, but they're so combative. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Nikki, like a lot of folks, I, I feel that I am also like this when I'm hurt. Like I won't be vulnerable, or I won't be like, "Hey, I'm hurt." Instead, I'll like attack. So yeah. I, I that's why it's like, unfortunately, I understand where she's like. So her, you know, and and listen, like she's had to probably build so many walls because of transphobia all her life. So I understand it, but I'm like, give him a break. Damn. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing for me as well. If I can make an analogy here, mm-hmm. I feel like when I am being vulnerable or I'm in a fight, um, like a verbal fight with somebody I care about, it's almost like my guards are down. The walls are down. A couple arrows are being shot at me, but I'll take them and I'm trying to explain the minute it becomes too much. The walls go up, the fortress goes up, and now I'm on the offensive as well verbally in that I get defensive or frustrated. And now I can't just hold back and try and be like calm and try and talk about it because now I'm like, well, I'm getting attacked. I need to defend myself. And then sometimes that could include being harsh in return, which I feel like is exactly what's happening here. It's like, no, we're good. We're trying to talk. We're trying. Oh, wait. I'm the problem. Well, I guess I could be the problem. Oh, I've done everything. Absolutely not. You're garbage. You know what I mean? Like it just escalates from there on. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. And I just uh, I think it's just going to keep getting worse, like you said. And do you think his parents are going to notice? Because we did see on the next time on, right? That like mom is like, mom never forgets. Yeah. So I uh, TLC is a menace. So it's not like I can completely with with full chest say that's exactly what it is. This could be a splice job, Mm -hmm. but she does say they're meeting and everything seems fine. But then I guess her his mom says, tell her that moms never forget. I do not know what that's going to be in reference to. They're certainly making it seem like it has to do with um, Nikki being trans. So we'll see what it really is next week. Uh, But next week is Nikki and Igor's meet the parents moment. So, you know, there's going to be drama there. Oh, very much. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one last couple to talk about, and they have drama of their own that we were left with last week. And that is, of course, Gino and Jasmine. So, Sasha, last week we did see Gino had lip gloss that was in his car. 
when Jasmine dropped her phone, she went to grab it, found the lip gloss and then proceeded to leave the car and say, I would like to leave. I would like for you to get me a ticket and I want to go home. And he seemed like he was willing to do it when he kept saying, listen, I didn't cheat on you. She's like, no, you did. I fully think you did. Why are you doing this to me, Gino? Everyone in my life abandons me. And then Sasha, we had probably one of the saddest confessionals we've had in a minute with uh, Jasmine mm-hmm. talking about her dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, who, we. This is where I think we get these moments of like her finally being real. Right. And like honest with us and how hard her life is. And I, I just wish that Gino wasn't such a hot mess. Mm hmm. This is something I want to speak on with Gino and Jasmine. Oftentimes, when we get couples on the show, they're such trash bags Mm -hmm. that I get sick of them. I have a bad negative reaction when I see them. Uh, uh, See Big Ed, see Angela and Michael. Like, I'm done with them. I don't need to see them on the show anymore. Whereas with Gino and Jasmine, they started as hot messes. Like, someone like Rob, who doesn't watch the show typically like always on has always had a soft spot for them and has always enjoyed their drama. Chappelle similarly has always enjoyed their Mm -hmm. drama. I was getting to a point where I was sick of them when we got them for the last season of 90 days. And ultimately I'm very happy we did because in the last two seasons with them, I have this newfound appreciation for Jasmine that I didn't have before. She still brings drama and she still is messy and is good television. But we get these moments with her now where I can see her being vulnerable and being honest and it goes beyond the just drama of it all. Learning about her, learning about the abandonment issue she had with her dad who left her when she was three and feeling like she's it's hard for her to trust on feelings. It's hard for her to trust that, you know, why would anyone want me? Why would anyone Mm -hmm. stay with me? And this is this is all you know, resulted in her feeling this way with Gino, where she doesn't feel assured, reassured by Gino. She feels like every person, every man is going to leave her. Every man is going to cause her harm. And I'm just very happy that they're back on our screens again, which I, is a sentence I truly never thought I was ever going to feel. But if not for just the fact that we get to see this side of her and learn more about Jasmine. Yeah, 100%. Because I think that like I said, I I couldn't believe that I was fully in Jasmine's corner this whole time. Yeah, I feel like I was kind of in a position where I thought Gino didn't cheat on her. There's no way Gino cheated no. on her. By the end of the episode, Sasha, though, when we find out that they had he had a bachelor party and didn't tell her the day before she was coming to the States and he was interacting with a stripper. I was like, OK. I'm fully team Jasmine. Gino needs to get got. I'm telling you. And it's just not only it it just kept getting worse. Right. So first, of course, it starts with them like fighting outside the car um, about the lip gloss and what's going on. And I'm like, fine, you know, like maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not him cheating. It's probably someone else's. Then she's cleaning because she's like, "Mm, I act a little crazy. Let me let me like redirect that energy finds a bunch of ex-wives things including a napkin right oh my and God. then <laughs> and why is the napkin like uh, having like you know their initials and whatever that's fine and then a love letter and then she's spiraling because then she's finding ky jelly and then the notebook okay can we talk about the notebook Yeah, so while Gino's out running errands, we see Jasmine cleaning for therapeutic purposes, Mm -hmm. and she ends up finding a bit, not a stash necessarily, but essentially keepsakes from Gino's previous relationships or relationship. Uh, Like you said, there was the napkin from his 40th birthday, which did have her initials on it, and also some, I guess, like Valentine's cards with like, you know, lovely messages about Mm -hmm. him. And then a notebook where he was learning Portuguese, perhaps. But there was one word in this only, Sasha. (laughs) And it was, was it perros? Which translates to bitches. Yep. I fell over, right? Because she's like, why are all these things existing, right? (laughs) There's, um, oh, look, a copy of the Kama Sutra. Unopened lubricant, right? All this. And she's like, we only tried one sex position. What? 
you beat on him, you liar. <laughs> None of this is making sense. And then she's like, why is this the only word he's learning? Like when I say that that scene needs to be a 90 day Hall of Fame because it's just getting crazier and crazier. I love having one, having a Kama Sutra book and then getting called out by your own fiance that you've only done one position. Cause I don't think peeing on someone is a position. No, but I'm um, just saying like, if y'all doing all that, you're telling me that oh, you're telling that, me that you've not gone yeah, and done other moves more yeah, than one. Damn. Like, listen, not to make judgments because I don't think I have quite, you know, seen enough to make this judgment, but let's say allegedly, <laughs> um, I feel like Gino might be a, a hundred meter dash kind of guy and not a marathon oh, guy. Oh, I mean, even then, that you could just start in a different. I don't. To, okay, Why so are let, we? let's say to start, and, and this is a ridiculous tangent we're on, but we're on it. No one clipped this. I will murder you. <laughs> yeah, to, let's say to start will take five minutes and then to switch is minute six. I'm saying he doesn't get to minute five. I say he gets to minute four. No, no, four. no. I'm saying Gino, she's calling him bland, correct? My assumption of blandness is missionary. So I'm saying you don't start in that because then you at least get to try other positions if he's a minute man. Oh, uh, you're I'm saying saying. Just start in a do a different start. Yes. Mm. Like, just I mean, get behind. Damn, do something. Is there a post? <laughs> well, the bar is in hell with them because <sighs> Jasmine will take anything if Gino gives it. The thing is, correct. Okay. Uh, and the thing is, <laughs> this is so crazy. What are we talking about? But if <laughs> if he were, right? Like, if if she wasn't facing him, there, that's the PG way of saying this. Um, He could have his hat off and he could really, you know, like, Roam free and maybe he might last longer because he's like not constricted by his own like psyche and they don't have to look at each other maybe that'll help him look at me sex therapist wow. yeah look at you <laughs> did you notice that when she was like oh so let me show you all this doesn't his ex's dog look like coco as well and they blurred the dog. Could they not get the, the clearance to show the dog? No, the dog had to be bored. I could not breathe yeah. when I say I was losing it. Oh, my God. So um, Gino comes home and he's bought presents to, I guess, make up for things. Like, Look, I bought these wooden steps for Coco so she doesn't have to jump on the bed anymore. And I bought clothes for Coco, bought a hat for Coco that he tried throwing on her head which didn't work mm -hmm. and then jasmine was like oh you're always the giver aren't you always generous and kind and then she hit him with the chris hands and take a seat <laughs> take a seat with your dumb ass so we can talk and she asked him is this napkin important to you and he's like no so she rips the napkin <laughs> and later we do see her go out for some pampering time with michelle dana's wife dana being gino's cousin who we met last week Looks like she took it to heart when when Michelle said, if anything, call me, we'll hang out. I'm so happy she has Michelle as a friend because Michelle's yeah, really, too. listen, Michelle is clearly not only willing to be her friend and to, you know, help her out. Because when Jasmine talks about all the stuff, Michelle says, no, I mean, Dana has stuff from his past and I'm okay with it. I don't, I think he cares about you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And she definitely... You know, Jasmine definitely resonates with that and understands it. And I thought, oh, that's good. She's going to forgive Gino. That's great. Because I also don't think it was that big a deal. Ultimately, I don't think he's like holding on to it as a way of like he still loves them or anything. But then Michelle is like us, Sasha, in that she knows when she's getting mess <laughs> injected yeah. into the thing. Correct. She fully both went kind and petty at the same time in a very incredible way. Because I love it. She should teach classes on how to do this. I would sign up tonight easily so michelle says you know i was thinking we should do like a girl's night i feel like that'll be fun you meet some people we hang out and you know since gino had a bachelor party then you can have yours and she's like wait gino had a bachelor party like, yeah it was the day before you came and then she was like i didn't know this what did they do and michelle's like mm, i think they went to a strip club 
they went to a strip club. Do you know if like they touched the strippers or they interacted with them? And Michelle's like, it's a bachelor party. I think they did do that. She said, <laughs> she said, I mean, it was his bachelor party. Yeah, and he was the guest of honor. <laughs> you could, you know, like um, those fundraising thermometers where they're the, the money, every time the money goes up, the, 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 they'll fill in more. That was Jasmine's anger, right? She was like, weren't, weren't it just kept going up and and you could tell she's a real crazy person because she was like i'm gonna just hold it till i get home just wait mm-hmm. <laughs> she was yeah she just held face until she would get home and give him a piece of her mind and i'm very excited and ready for us to get there now she's gonna beat his ass right like there is no I mean, listen, she went from forgiving him at this spot, at this um, salon, yes. to fully being out on him again, even more so than when she first came in, in like a span of five minutes. So she's not going to be happy with him. There's no shot. Uh, we do see her confronting him about it next week, and I'm very excited to get there. Yeah, one thousand percent, I'm telling you. I just, and then they, y'all, TLC had the receipt. I cannot wait. They had footage. There's footage of Gino with the strippers. No, is he dumb or is he stupid? That he's slapping ass on camera. He's both because I just, I'm sorry. There's no way you can be on the show for years at this point. Not months, not a season for years and not recognize that, oh, there was a camera crew here. She'll know about this eventually. I should say something. Mm -hmm. No shot. I mean, same reason why I'm like, she didn't say anything about the implants. Like, y'all are on the show together. Anything you do with the camera crew there can and will be used against you on the internet. So you should immediately talk about it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't. It's going to be horrible Gino's an idiot oh such a dummy and I'm honestly I'm grateful because it gives us more drama to talk about like, on the thank god thank so. god because I'm tired of the same like un- otherwise lipstick gate would have been uh you know stretched for seven years so thank you yeah god. yeah the more stuff you do wrong the more we don't just belabor the same scene for five episodes so I'm happy about it and also again the gift that keeps on giving, we get to talk about more stuff here that is fun and not sad. So this will be fun. I because my favorite is when Gino is found to be doing wrong and he does his like uh, lying schoolboy act where he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what those are. Like when she confronted him with his uh, keepsakes from his ex, he said, where were where were those? I, I didn't find them when I was looking through the house. And she's like, mm-hmm. they were literally in your drawer upstairs next to the bed. And he's like, no, no, they couldn't have been in the drawer. I would have known that they were there. Like, Gino, stop. This is like when a kid breaks a table and they lie about it. It's like, <laughs> only you were at home. I know you did it. No one and else And you have glass this. in your hand. But yeah, yeah it's not you. <laughs> exactly. Or uh, in a sitcom when the husband, the wife's like, who ate the cake? And the husband's like, I don't know, but they have cake on their face. It's like that with Gino, just all the time. <laughs> I don't know who ate the cake. Oh my god, we need Scooby Doo. We need the mystery machine to come up <laughs> yeah. in here. Oh my, it's so fun. Did, did Coco put it there? No, it was not the dog. Anyway. Oh, I thought you were talking about the stripper's name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'll listen. We'll get acquainted next week, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sasha, this was a great time. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Us on, you know, behind the scenes on very short notice. Seriously, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let the people know where can they find you and what the project you have going on. Yes. No. And you're so good. Like I anyway owed you for stuck and being a mess. So, you know, (laughs) works out (laughs) either way. But you can, as always, find me on Mess Magnets, which is a pop culture. Uh, celebrity gossip, you name it, vibes only podcast with Kirsten McKenna's, uh, over here on Rob has a podcast. You can find us there. We just talked about Britney Spears and her book, um, and all the mess that came with it. We have a lot to talk about this week, y'all. Uh, we have P. Diddy, we have Hassan, just these celebs are celebrity all right? And, um, over on the Bravo TV wrap ups 
feed and on YouTube. Chappelle and I talk below deck med. So check that out. Uh, A really fun listen. Listen, if you want to hear me talk more about toxic relationships, you need to check that out. All right. And um, for everything else I'm doing, just follow me on Twitter at funsize underscore oh four. Thank you so much, Sasha. Looking forward to talking to you about this soon again. Yeah. Um, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. That's where I am when I'm not podcasting. So come through, say hi. Always appreciate it. As far as podcasts go, though, Traders Canada will be back this week. Myself and Brian Scala will be live right after the episode to break it all down on YouTube, which will be available in our wrap-ups feed as well, alongside the exit interviews that we conduct the day after. Those have been a lot of fun to do. There is no Mass Singer this week because of Thanksgiving. I believe they're doing a rerun. So we'll be back with Mass Singer with Liana next week. And other than that, that's all I've got for y'all this week because 90 Day the Other Way will also be coming back with a new episode recap next week, covering this week's and next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had uh, a good time here on the Hot Mess Express. We are at the destination. I'll talk to you all next week. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Days are you gonna wait before you tie the knockdown? How many days is it gonna take to decide?